This is episode two of our National Self-Care Awareness Month series. I think I'm wanting to call this one Find Your Medicine. Inside of all of us is an internal medicine cabinet where there are certain things that are only specific to us that can make us feel better in tough times or just things that we do to maintain our balance or happiness. We're joined in this episode by Dr. Lucretia Dye, and if you have ever heard an episode with her, I'm for real guys, it's, it's pretty awesome. That being said, we hope you find as much value as we did in this episode. And as always, if you've got any feedback or questions or anything like that, just reach out. Thanks, guys. Oh, I also forgot to mention that it is hot as balls where we are recording. So you're going to hear a slight fan noise in the background. So don't judge us for that. All right, for real. I'm out. The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. And we are back for another episode of the Salumas Podcast. This is Kalu. This is Chris. And uh, I'm always, always, always pumped to have an episode where we have our guest on today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, this is Cree Dye. That's awesome. And I'm always going to call her Dr. Dye. And those of you who are listening, don't ever call her Doctor. Don't ever call her Cree Dye in my presence because <laughs> you better show respect. <laughs> That's just how it is. I appreciate your absolutes, Kalu. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Speaking of absolutes, we were actually talking about how I deal in absolutes, but uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we're going to jump on that at some point in this episode. But uh, this episode is uh, another part of our uh, National Self Care Awareness Month uh, series of episodes, and so. We brought her on because, uh, first of all, she had a post. First of all, no, super first of all, I think she's probably the queen of self-care. So, and then second, you made a post earlier uh, this morning, actually, uh, about finding your medicine. And uh, it was only fitting to, uh, to, to try and talk about that. So the thing that I actually reached out to Chris about, I think I said it to you uh, earlier this morning, is that one of the things that they did in, like, ancient... Uh, Chinese medicine is that they would purposely go and harm animals or poison them or do anything and then they would follow them and they would see what kind of things that these Which animals Which is fucked needed. up by the way. It is, it is, yeah, it's kind of messed up. It's an, it's an analogy so just... Yeah. But they would see what these animals needed or what they went to and uh, to, to sort of see if that's something that w- could work for humans as, as far like as... Like a medicinal plant exactly, or exactly. or something. And so you think of like your dog. When your dog starts to have an upset stomach, it, a lot of times they'll st- start to eat grass or something like that and then make itself throw up. That's what mine do. Um, so I wanted to see what so your is that thoughts... that what you do when you feel bad? I gag myself straight up. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually, this funny story. The other day we... We went out to dinner and uh, it was I had football practice and my wife had other stuff. And so I was like, all right, let's go and just get something quick. We had, you know, Haley and everything. And so we uh, we were like, let's go to Pizza Hut really quick. I wasn't feeling pizza. So I just went to the hood. Yeah, but I just it was it's near our house. So I just ate some salad. And uh, you ate hut salad. You yeah, expect not to have your gut fucked up. That's what happened. So hut salad is not OK. Man. Well, I, I went there and ate some salad. And uh, and it was a huge salad, man. And so uh, I got home and probably around like 
11. It was funny because I was like joking with Elizabeth. I annoy the sh- like my nightly ritual with her is I annoy the shit out of her until I fall asleep. So I'll just bug her and she's like, please go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just stuff like that. And uh, and then I go to sleep and I probably wake up at like 12 and everything like my sides and my back and my stomach and everything were like in. I've never felt pain like this before. And so I was tossing and turning, thinking something was up. And then at the moment I get up, I was like, something's not right here. And so I get up for a second. I go and try and drink some water, thinking that it'll help. It doesn't. And then I eventually, like, I'm on the ground writhing in pain. And Elizabeth gets up, and she's like, what is happening? And I was like, I think I'm dying. And I ate and, salad from Pizza Hut. <laughs> well, no, I instantly go into uh, WebMD mode and start self-diagnosing. I'm like ulcer heart attack cancer i just start naming stuff you know and then i I was like i I think we got to call 911 (laughs) she didn't do she didn't end up calling (laughs) you felt that bad that your big ass was like (laughs) you need to call someone immediately i started going like this isn't how it ends this is not how like i'm not gonna die like this i literally was telling myself not like this not like this and so um i'm sitting there and she's trying to like help me get better or something like that and then like all of a sudden i I just sort of like, I kind of poked on my tongue. You know, I just took my finger and I was just like, and I was like, okay, okay. I think I know what I got to go do. So I run to the bathroom and uh, I go in there, take a knee. And then like I exorcism vomited. Like it was like, Mm -hmm. some people are like clean with how they throw up. Mm -mm. No, there was shit on the walls, Mm -hmm. on the floor, (laughs) like everywhere. I totally Mm -hmm. missed the toilet and everything like that. So it's all over the place. But did you feel better? I started to. And so I get up and I was like, I can't sit in this anymore. And I go to the other bathroom and Elizabeth starts cleaning everything. And I hear her starting to like dry. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so she's <laughs> just like, <laughs> she's like coughing and gagging, trying to clean everything up. And I throw up and destroy that bathroom there. And then ultimately I started feeling better after letting go of everything. You know what I mean? And I just kept like shoving my finger in to like get everything out. And uh, eventually I was able to go to sleep. But dear God, like I found my medicine there it was my pointer finger. And it just made everything <laughs> go away. But to, to relate this to the uh, the self-care thing, I, I, what I what my hypothesis is, is that I think inside of each of us, there is something that we know deep down can make us feel better. And so my question to you is like, how do we sort of figure that out or just can you help us break down and understand that concept of finding your medicine? gain access yeah how do we gain access to that so you're so i just said that i always tell my students like i don't know how you can sit with another until you sat with yourself mm-hmm. and i just think like and i just talked about this in my yoga class this morning how most of us are functioning and so out of touch with our bodies and most of us are functioning shoulder up right mm. Like our whole rational selves, we're really into the rational, right? Over the intuitive and over this relationship with our bodies. Most of us don't know what's going on with our bodies or have a relationship where we can listen to our body. So I think about how often we just take the time to just be in our bodies and listen or be with our bodies and see what it's saying to us or see how it's feeling. Because we're so busy, right? It's like all these distractions going, going, going. But that medicine and that pharmacy that's within us, like do we take the time after 
like clearly we know this, you know this, after a workout, how good that feels. Mm. Yeah. And you say, you know, I just did a physical workout. My mood is better. You know, my overall product productivity is better. But would you say, like, I know if I get at least 45 minutes of this workout in and, you know, with my body that I know that that's some good medicine. So let me do that every day. Mm. Like, do does everyone do that or do most people even think about it that way? I wish that I thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. I just I go because I'm just like, uh, I guess I'm supposed to go today. Yeah. So the intention is different. Right. Mm -hmm. So we think about intentions, too. And even like with the food that we eat, like you just said. You know, who knows what kind of bin that lettuce that you had was sitting in in the back because of... Because let, let me tell you, people don't go to Pizza Hut for salads, man. <laughs> I know. So whoever's throwing that together gave who no Who knows, fucks. right? Yeah, yeah. they was who back knows? there just dancing. But just it. think about, and then you put it in your body. Yeah. And then how often we step back and look at, okay, what did I eat yesterday? Or what do I know about this thing that I'm about to put in my body and how it will affect my mood? How will it affect my energy? Right. Yeah. So we're just like doing whatever to our bodies, really. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're not even how can we listen when we're just like just pouring anything into it, having anything happen into it. Right. So then it's like, how often do we what if that was a class that we took in school? Oh, God, listening. I would probably be like 75 pounds lighter, like as a kid, if I took a class to be like how to listen to your body, because. I, I can even say just eating, I would listen to my mind. It, my mind says just clear your plate. Right. That's it. Right. Your body will tell you when you're full. Yeah. But like if, yes. it's, it's different things like that. It, 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 please let me know if I'm not on the right track there. But I feel like things like that, just listening to my body. And so the funny thing is that I started listening to my body after throwing up everywhere yeah. because I was like, my body was just like, hey, you don't need to have anything like real heavy. So right. I fasted for about maybe 16 hours or so after that i just didn't want anything right. in there and then um uh i felt like i was a little bit better and then for for the next two days i went and and this is and i hate spending chris knows i'm cheap i don't like spending money on stuff period um but i went and ate pho with i, I said you know have you, you do you like pho is it pho it's pho, it's pho. oh mm -hmm. speak i think i just turned your mic down say Say it again. Ah, oh, there it is. Sorry about that. All right, so I went and ate uh, pho. It's just a big bowl of mm -hmm. that soup. And I was like, hey, and it was crazy because I normally wouldn't do this, but I was like, hey, I don't want any noodles in it. I don't want any, I just don't want anything like that. I just need broth and a little bit of meat. And I was like, and I want like the basil plants that they put in there. Yeah, a like little green bit. and yeah, like the, sprouts. And yeah, stuff. I said, I, I, can I have extra bean sprouts and stuff like that? And because uh, your body was telling you, it yeah, was. it was saying like, hey, you don't need to have these you, carbs. You need you, to clean out the yeah, evil. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and so I felt like full on soup and I just sat there and I was like drinking my soup in my office and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, I think that was me listening to my body. And since then, uh, truthfully, I've I've just it's been so weird. Like I've just been like, hey, this I don't need to eat this or I don't need to have this. And I genuinely feel I feel lighter, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, today I had, you know, we went to go try out that new um, Q bagel place. And like I just all I've had today is just that bagel because and I had that probably six hours ago, maybe. Yeah, about six hours ago. And like I just my body just doesn't want anything bread right now i don't know if i'm going through a phase where i'm just like i don't i just don't want any bread i just want broth or meat or something like that is that me listening to my body 
I, or, well, you've changed your behavior from it, right? Sure, yeah. And it's so crazy how sometimes it, something extreme has to happen for us to like wake. I mean, we all know that. Like you thought you were dying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You said call 911. Yes. <laughs> I'd have laughed in your face. Yes. <laughs> but look you how no extreme dying, it had to get for you to just like change. Like you probably won't ever eat salads from there. Probably not. You Never not. again. I swear yeah. to God, right. I'm gonna have to quit kicking it with you. If you eat <laughs> I thought it was boy. being good. <laughs> you no, know, I thought it really was. No, go to places and order what is in the title of the <laughs> restaurant. That's Don't true. get goddamn salad from me. I messed up there. What's salad hood. You've been safe in salad hood. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, let's let's keep talking. Let's keep going more into that about just listening to yourself and. You know, unlocking the, I, I think you might have said a little bit earlier, you said that maybe I've heard it wrong, but before we were recording, you said you kind of have like an internal like pharmacy oh, or something so like that. I always say that like we have a pharmacy within. Okay. So just this natural way, like, honestly, we know that our body, like you just use the example of the people that would see what the animals would go to mm -hmm. or what they're drawn to. Like we're, we're mammals, mm -hmm. right? So we naturally know what we need. So think about even like being thirsty. After a while, when you're thirsty, your body's going to let you know, right? Sure. So there's this unconscious part of you that's always speaking huh. like our, with our breath. If I told you to, to just sit and hold your breath, you think you could hold it until just. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Your body's going to take over, right? Yeah. So the body usually will take over and try to let you know this is what I need. Huh. And I, always, I describe it sometimes like. Like we have these conscious secrets, but our bodies have these unconscious secrets. Conscious secrets. Mm -hmm. So we have secrets like you may not say some things to your wife because sure, it sure. can hurt her feelings or yeah. whatever. You know, you may really not like that shirt that yeah. she wore or whatever. So then we have these unconscious secrets. Like our body has these things that it's holding on to because the body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. So there's past things or past traumas or past stressors that we have. And they show up in, at these random times. Your body keeps the score. That's, that's it pretty good. It does keep the score. Yeah, yeah. and you can kind that's you can make really that shit good. as convoluted as you want to, but you can't escape it. You can't escape like you're it. bound to your physicality. You cannot keep holding your breath if I tell you to. Right. If I yeah. tell you to to compete and see who can hold their breath the longest. And I know that boys really like competition. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, just give us the word. We'll <laughs> yeah, do this shit right now. I'll, I'll win this shit. Like, you Dr. Would, Die, just say it. You definitely would win, wouldn't you? <laughs> Kalu would be dead. Kalu would be dead as shit. <laughs> It's like I don't lose, man. You got to be willing to die for the W. Salad. <laughs> you got a parasite. You got to be willing to die for the W, bro. Yes, <laughs> but there's just some things that the body will take over, and you know, yeah. it'll. It's just like to me, we are just like Mother Earth. I always say this: Mother Earth is going to take care of herself. Mm. Your body's going to take care of itself. Like whatever it needs is going to show up. And like I tell people this sometimes: like here's another way that you can listen to mm. this pharmacy within. When you have a pain, maybe a headache or back pain or neck pain, whatever pain you have, right? That really, I call them little love notes. Little love notes. So okay. they're little love notes coming from our body saying, hey, you know, you need to slow down with something. You need to stop this or you need to do this. But what do we do, especially in this society? We say to those little love notes, we respond to our body. We say, shut the hell up. And we mm. give it a pain pill, right? Mm. Who pops yeah. a pain pill, yeah. right? We're yeah. like, shut the hell up. I don't have time right now. I got 10 things I need to get done. You better shut the hell up. Mm. Even though your knee is speaking to you. Mm -hmm. There may be something where you need to adjust in your diet or maybe you had too much sugar the other day. You know, like there's so many things that we could just sit and listen and and here but we just we're just like no and, and i think people even use those as justifications for what they want to consider as self-care like if they've got some kind of issue like i got this ache and this pain but i got 
umpteen things to do. Yeah. It's a justification. And I know it's something that I joust with is justifying, uh, I won't even say, I won't say non-productive behavior. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's necessarily something negative per se, but it's just I write myself a check to not do things that I should be doing because X, Y, and Z occurred. And I have to constantly check that because comfort, too much comfort is stifling. And I find that because I will seek comfort mm-hmm. every time if I don't force myself to get out and be productive. And I feel like I write myself these little checks like, yeah, I twisted my neck, so I'm not going to go to the gym. When I'm totally capable of going to the gym, but I make that unconscious decision like in the car. But what if it's real, around. though? Like, what if it's really what your body is telling you that you need? That's how I can't tell, though. Because but that's that, the thing. How often do you practice being in touch with your intuitive self? And not your, because you just start going into the rational self. Like, yeah. you rationalizing, like, well, I know I could go do that. But what if it's really real? Yeah. Some days I think the extent of my intuitive self sometimes is like, well, you're breathing, so you're alive. That's the, so I'm trying to figure out the, the deeper part of that because there's, there's so, maybe because I put so much emphasis on the fact that, hey, we're alive. There's nothing better than that. But I feel like maybe there should be. Like it glosses over shit. Yeah. And I use that as an excuse to not have to listen to anything else. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, sh- it's there might be shit going on, but my heart's still beating. Well, cool. it's kind of like the American notion of like, you should be appreciative and grateful for everything yes. you get. So you don't reflect on how to improve. Right. Yes, American and be culture. critical of things of myself. And that is the thing with American culture. And I don't want us to go on a tangent on that, but... I think it's the, all interrelated. Yeah, yeah. So the the fact that they we tell each other, like, we're in the greatest nation on earth, it's you you put yourself in a position... I know, I hate it too. It's disgusting. As a Nigerian, I'm like, no, bitch, it's not. But we're Like so, 26th on a lot of shit. Yeah, I know. But when when we get told that, it is... You, you get told that so much that you forget or you think that you're excused to be these other ways or it makes you it makes it wrong to be critical of the other things where in my opinion I think if you really love something you should be critical of it or you're enabling or just have this balance of always evolving and improving yes like is that okay yeah instead of like Jesus died for your sins <laughs> oh, so you man. better you know you better, what you better eat your vegetables be today. thankful you <laughs> yeah. live here he gave his one and only son think yep. about begotten. that yeah. only begotten <laughs> son begotten for, you. for you yep so you be good mm-hmm. you be thankful yep right yep and God bless America not this planet. <laughs> America. Yeah. Only America. Yes. Greatest country on earth. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We I do that with it, ourselves. Yeah. I, to I, I mean, we yeah. really do. And and I think that's more what I was getting at. And I made a mess of trying to explain it is maybe it's not. Maybe it's like more the trauma that's associated with being a social worker and th- things that I encounter. And I, I have to accept them, accept them as normative. You have to because in order to function, that's just necessary. But you still have to do the work to unpack some of the genuine trauma that's associated with the shit. Because you lose people and people go into crisis and people get sick and take steps back and stuff. But instead of unpacking it, I think that's where I write the checks to be like, okay, X, Y, and Z happened. So instead of engaging in what is legitimate self-care, like something that I can pour this, this malady into... I do nothing. Right. You know, I I sit and seek comfort. And it's almost like 
And I try not to do it. Like I said, I, I feel like I have the propensity to do it. But I see it with other people is that they cling to their maladies. It's almost a comforting thing. They cling to them and use them as a defining characteristic, almost to justify. Uh, like I'm a, a bitch. I'm this way. Yeah, like, it, I'm a dude, it, it, man. To, just to justify a continued pattern of that that stifling behavior. Can you believe that it can get locked though, and that they're not trying to do that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. I I one hundred I one hundred percent believe that that's not a deliberate. Right. Kind of like a conscious thing. But then, so can you also parallel that to your life? Like you go through this vicarious trauma, you know, like you go through this trauma, like your clients are having these traumas and the same way that trauma gets locked in their bodies. Can you believe that it gets locked in yours? Oh, yeah. 100%. So then when you think about how you take care of you, do you intentionally do you set an intention of like, how will I release this trauma from my body? I don't take that I, step. about two thirds of the time. Mm-hmm. So you know so that it's there. Yeah, but. and I'm and I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. But I can still acknowledge that I have a very big piece of me that is super capable of locking that shit up, you know, filing it away and using it as a justification. Like, look, I do all this big boy shit in my job. So if I want to sit here and not do anything, but the only person I'm fucking up is me, you know. Uh, but yeah, one hundred percent. But it is, I'd say. Two thirds of the time I've got a handle on it. One third of the time I don't. It used to be 50 50. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that 50 50 is the most dangerous place to fucking be. That teeter totter. Yeah. Because you can fall into oblivion on that 50 50. Right. Instead of just intentionally saying, like, I know that I'm exposed to this and I would be intentional about releasing this. Right. So even if I said to either one of you, like, you know that emotions get locked in your body. And if yes. I say to you, when you feel stress, point to the part of your body where you feel it. Where would you point? Oh, man. Point to just, you go to the head. A lot of people get headaches. Where would you point? Just point to that My body. Stomach. Okay. So you point to your stomach. Yeah. And we just had a story about your stomach. Yeah. But, but honestly, just like you can point to that, let's say, like, it goes here. Are you pointing to that to say, I need to release some stuff from here? Yeah. Because it is coming, but are you releasing it? Mm-hmm. And are you setting that intention when you do it? I think for, for me, <clears throat> for me and... And granted, I'm getting better with it. Uh, that part of making it better is not so much of a release as much as it is like eat something, like put something in there. Yeah, and that's uh, usually how it happens. Yeah. Where so when I feel like my stomach is like, oh, I just need to have something to make me feel like. But that's food. you not knowing what's really like you. Like it's this idea that maybe it's hungry or I need some food, yeah. and it's not even you know you're not hungry. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like to boost these serotonin levels. Yeah. But your relationship with your stomach has a lot to do with your emotions. Sure. So I mean that's like just knowing that and saying okay can I pay attention to see what has happened what's been going on what have, it's all related yeah instead of like like kind of taking this medical model and separating it it's just all related so how do you get to that point though of not uh, just for me example and I'm sure there's a ton of people where when they get stressed that point where they hurt is their stomach mm-hmm. how do you get people to switch that mindset of being like you don't have to put anything into it maybe it's not even about food at all. Like, how do you make your stomach feel better? Yeah. Like, where do you where do you start? Where you start with that? Yeah. Like, so I, since the start of my life as a therapist, it was like two decades ago. I mm-hmm. started even when I was an undergrad. I worked in addictions. I think I told y'all this before, but I that's how I met yoga. 
Mm-hmm. I just started telling clients to go to their breath. Like say a client is going through detox and they're having withdrawals or whatever. Whatever the pain is, wherever it is, like let's just go to our breath. First of all, how powerful and magical the breath is. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to me about your stomach and if you say like this is what's happening and this is how my stomach is feeling. The first thing I would say, if you want to start and get to know your stomach in a different way, when you're feeling that pain, I can give you like three different breathing or pranayama practices where you just breathe into that area and then see what happens. Really? Like just think about getting to know it in that way. But the breath can be used for everything. Mm. Absolutely everything that you think of that you do, the breath is connected to it. Because how you breathe in is how you live in. Right? So when we're breathing high in our chest and it's short and it's erratic, usually that's how your life is looking or that's what's going on right now. Yeah. And when it's long and slow and deep, Usually we have a more calm state and our, our whole life, the things going on around us is related to that, right? Yeah. I just got real aware of my own breathing. Like, yeah, I, know I really did. I, did. I, was just, I really saw you. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I started thinking what about the normal life? for me. Well, I, I you started... gotta make sure you always throw something in there to like break everything <laughs> up. Right? He always gotta be like, bam. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I, it's funny because I started thinking about like, like after... After Wednesday, I think that's when it was when I was barfing everywhere, or maybe it was Thursday. I like, just like that you use the term barf. Well, for real. Like, since then, like, I've started taking shorter breaths because it feels like when I breathe in, it feels like something is pushing me down, like pushing my chest down. And it's like, it, it's, it doesn't feel like a, I'm wondering if maybe it's just, me putting so much into if like there's some people that th- I throw up really hard if that makes any <laughs> sense. You ranch and like make loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to the point where like you're sore the next day. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I don't know if it could it's be like, related to that. You being sore, like those muscles. Yeah, just really being sore. So right? because they were just getting engaged so much, or yeah, something. contracting more than yes, they normally do. Yes, in a crazy do. way, yeah. right? So, do you, but do you think though? I mean, again, I, I'm now thinking of the type of breaths that I do take, mm-hmm. like. Uh, first of all, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like if, if I showed you my mileage reports for work, just because I, I, I do a lot of traveling for work, I'm averaging around like 12, 1300 miles a month of just driving every day. And like it's, it's being on the road. It's being focused, like trying not to die. Like there's just there's all more. these. There's a whole lot more. Yeah. Being on the road in that seated position. Yes. What's happening to your hip flexors, your abdominals, how that breath is moving through your body in that seated position, being in the car, this position. There's just so many things right there. Yeah. And and, and I feel like I'm it's taking a toll on like my workouts. It's taking a toll on just a lot of things being just seated. And like what I'm trying not to do, it's it's really funny. I keep trying to like justify like justify being in that seated position for like, oh, I need to go and buy an SUV. I need to go and get myself in some like big vehicle where it's like big and comfortable or something so like, like that. So there's like a tertiary thing that you throw on there too? Like what? Like, like you being in that seated position and it being like, you're like, man, this sucks. Yeah. So you're like, I need something to accommodate it sucking. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's just like go and spend money on a bigger vehicle wh- where I will in hopes that I will feel more comfortable about about mm-hmm. it or something like that. But as I'm sitting here listening to this, it's like, do you think maybe I should just pull over more often and just yeah. like breathe I think what you're thinking of doing, that's just doing a drive-by on the real issue, right? 
Yeah. Like the real, you're not really dealing with the real issue. I don't think I am. Right. Mm-mm. But that's, the, that's what, that's what we do. Like, I mean, just think about the connection between like society and the individual. Yeah. Like, you know, the society you live in, you think this big truck is really going to like save you from really what, what's killing you. Yeah. It's not. But you, if it feels good, hey, hey, brother, episode. if it feels good, you go <laughs> and get your big truck. But so there you go. Thank you. I was hoping you'd be like, well, if it makes you feel better about yourself. But like, like seriously, won't, he, and he, he wouldn't get something practical. Like huh? so he would get something practical, but he'd get something to stun on people. Like too. a Hummer? No, no, no. He would get something practical, but it would be like a dope ass. I feel like you get like a Toyota or a Nissan or something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. Like a newer, new... No, I, truthfully, I've been looking at, like, uh, uh, like Tahoe's. So this is a little more than just, like, this. he's <laughs> yeah. been he's looking. Been looking I just well, need, I know. I just need a motherfucking It's so reef. great. Well, you're about to, like, put the probably the kibosh on, like, everything. <laughs> but, like, I've been looking at, like, Tahoe's and Grand Cherokee's and Explorer's and all this other stuff. Like, maybe that will make me feel more comfortable or something like that. But when you just said like your breath is like everything, I've never just stopped. And you know, my, my watch will buzz and just be like, Hey, it's time to breathe right now or something like that, or get up and stand up for a second. Like I don't do enough. Of, I don't do that at all. But Shit, just like, think about what you just said. Yeah. You have a device to tell you about you. Yeah. Like, think bad? about that. No, <laughs> yeah. just think about that. Like, yeah. how sick we are. Mm-hmm. You have something outside of you to tell you about you. Mm. Like, you have, you already have a, you already are you yeah. that can tell you about you. But you have all these distractions and these exterior things, external things to tell you about you. Yeah. To tell you how to take care of you. It will, you know, I like to think that because of the sensors under here, it's it's constantly listening or something and it's saying like, you know, they these watches now, they you can get an EKG on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> dial 911 if your heart is like shit in the bed or something he like makes that. makes fun of me because my phone's old. I hate you. I hate your phone. <laughs> no, just stop it. That small screen's making me sick. But it like when you... I feel like the, there there is something to be said about like the science with that of like okay it's telling you like hey maybe you should stand up or and it sets like stand up standing up goals I know this is making you sick but it's it's it sets like these little goals of like hey there's breathe times and it checks your resting heart rate and all this other stuff so like for a little bit I was on this kick of being like hey I want to get my resting heart rate to around like between uh, it was like between 67 and 72 is what I've been trying to go for and I've been like as I've gotten stressed like because I feel some like stress the past couple like truthfully past couple months I'm averaging like 78 to like 80 on like my resting heart rate and I'm just like oh shit like how do I calm down you know and I can see like you can um there's all kinds of stuff where you can uh sit there and time your breaths and like if i start to relax and like take deeper breaths i see my heart rate start to like drop mm-hmm. you know but it's like i don't know how to be in a constant state well, you, of you that you clinched like yeah it, we've talked about this before like even like psychologically being clinched like how hypnosis works that mm-hmm. you can't be you have to release mm-hmm. in order to be hypnotized you have to be somewhat cooperative and receptive you to have it. to be open yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. i think a lot of us walk around not even just physically clenched but like psychologically tense and just sure. clenched up yeah, yeah. but and that's you, the that's the stress response in the brain we just all function we know that we talked about that yeah we all just pretty much function in fight or flight 
yeah. we function with our stress response turned on. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare that we take the time to turn on the relaxation response. I don't even know. What does that even feel like? What is a relaxation response right. like? And what your does that breath, look like? And your breath instead of your watch is the number one tool that could tell you that. Uh, yeah. I was it. thinking as you were talking, I'm like, you don't want to be human anymore. <laughs> you want to be a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. It's like longer, faster. Yeah, yeah. It's like Doctor Die. Please tell me where this is wrong. <laughs> well, here, here's what I do want to know. Like, what, what is the, what is the negative thing? What, what can happen at the end of the day? Because you can't tell me you're going to die because everyone's going to die no mm-hmm. matter what path you mm-hmm. take. But what is the bad thing about <laughs> letting some device or letting something else? control these things as opposed to listening because i i do believe in science but i also believe in like you know like a lot of the natural stuff out there but science hasn't come this far for for nothing i mean like there's got there's got to be someone i want to know do you think that with science we've been here before Mm. and i i just say that Mm. when i think about like i mean egypt commit before Mm -hmm. it was egypt like do you all really think that that how do you think those pyramids were built? Like and I'm not trying to like take us there. Of stone and, and I'm not trying to take yeah. us there. But do you think with technology that we've been here before? That with I don't even with, with the way that I was indoctrinated, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. It's just you get indoctrinated when you do certain shit. Like I went to school. And I was in anthropology quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So the way I was indoctrinated, I would say no. But I do feel like what we've got in front of us, technology-wise, is a cumulative thing. And it's, it's a collective of us being, you know, that, that match lights everything. Yeah. And we're able to transfer entire, like, lifetimes worth of information across generation after generation and it compiles and now we have access to something that physiologically i don't think would it's outpaced our our physiology Mm -hmm. our evolution has not kept pace with the evolution of technology and it can't and it's accelerating yeah so i that's where you think this could have happened before though it's possible i really do yeah like i don't i don't i just think about you said what's the bad thing about like technology and all of that. But you started off our conversation with you just really have no relationship with you and your body and your breath. Yeah, I don't. And you feel okay with that. It's not so much that I feel okay with that. It's like I'm trying to, just like we were saying like a, a little bit earlier in the episode, I unfortunately live on that mindset of like, well, I'm still alive. So therefore... It's got to be working. And so that my goal is to hopefully try and not be on that level and, and at least see that there, is, there could be something like if I were to view it deeper than at least you're at least I'm still alive or something like that. I feel like I can gain a better understanding of the, the other things, the smaller things, or maybe they are the bigger things. Do you see where I'm coming from on that? What I see overall is just you reflecting, just like I said earlier, how Mm -hmm. our society just conspires more towards the rational than the intuitive. Sure. And I hear you speaking in all rational terms and how you want to see things. So it's like you continually are participating in this rational self Mm. and there's no value for the intuitive self. Mm. 
And, and that's okay. I, I say that's okay because that's what you want to value and that's how you want to show up in life. And if I think you relate that rational self to quality of life. Mm-hmm. Whereas I see being in relationship and more in tune with the intuitive self, my quality of life looks different to me than your quality of life. And that's what I value. Yeah. So when you talk about, and I, I'll have to remove like good or bad, right or wrong, but what works for you? And I wouldn't personally put this on my body because of I, you all know we're you know we're electromagnetic energy yeah. and I don't want that interface I want my own and like my husband wears the earbuds and mm-hmm. my kids and Robbie has it but they know and even when I my phone I don't put it in my when I'm sleeping like I don't put those things around me because I don't want that interface so what wakes you up in the morning then I do you're joking I know you don't we can are you Rob for right real yeah I day. wake up without an alarm yes and like I think, clockwork every motherfucking morning. Yes. Like, really? Yeah, yes. I wake up at 530. At 5.30. Or usually, like, I can feel, like, I just, I feel it come across my body mm-hmm. where it's time. And that's okay. And some people can do that. Some people can't. But I think, like, if you, if you took the time to pay attention to, like, what is interfacing with your body and with you and your mind and your intu- intuitive self, I think that you could have access. I think everybody has access to it. Okay, here's... I wake up usually every morning between, uh, I become aware at around six. That's cool. Because your body's used to it. Yeah. I become aware around six Mm -hmm. or so. Um, And I can, and I'm a very light sleeper. Mm -hmm. I can just hear any, I can hear everything going on. Uh, But then, like, I wake up around maybe 6.50 or so, uh, sometimes seven. After I'm, I'm up, I then, and productive, like I, I, I see myself in different phases, you know, like there's aware, there's awake mm-hmm. and there's like moving around like 740 yeah, or something really like alert. that. Have where you I'm seen like those really, really that, alert. That correlate with that natural pattern of waking up. Yeah. Like well, my, I have light my, increases gradually in the ambient sound. Yeah. Like yeah. It's this very calming shift. Gradually. Yeah. I've got three alarms. And so one. <laughs> yeah, I know. One one is like super soft because if I have a really jarring mm-hmm. alarm that hits me at like five thirty or six, like I'm yeah, it I'm hurts. like not happy. Yes. Like I've thrown my phone before, I've done all sorts of stuff, like I've swung at my wife while I was sleeping or something like that. Like just it's just a like a reaction, you know what I mean? So like I have three different alarms and like they each sort of like get me going. But I have that because I I can admit this, I do not listen to my body when it comes to shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, I I put that on my own. I I'm like okay this because I feel like I have to I have a checklist of things that I have to do every night before I shut down, and so that checklist is you know sometimes it's like okay work a little bit check sports like play a video game do this thing because at the end of the day I have to have something that that only benefits me the entire time and where where i feel like i fail is the thing that truthfully benefits me is shutting down <laughs> and going to sleep but i feel like it has to be some kind of a task that i do so all i can have a super productive day be tired just extremely like drained or something like that but i've got if i don't have that one thing that i do that benefits no one like I'm completely just off balance. So like I'll, I may be laying in bed, but I might get back up and go and do something for like an hour or something like that. And then I feel like I'm it's like, okay, I've that, that box has been checked 
and then I go to sleep. Is that like personal utility? Do you think it's, it's kind related of, to that? Yeah, and then but because of that, I may end up going to sleep at two in the morning right. or something like that. And then I have to be woken up again mm-hmm. at six. And so enough of that happening over the years. And it's like, I, I, I worry that I end up being like my, my parents who will go to sleep at like 2 a.m. is nothing for them. And they'll just sort of get up. Where, I, where I've noticed is that, that I believe that part of that is part of what caused my dad his stroke. And that's, you know, just any of the health issues that my mom has had. Now, they've been both able to whoop a bunch of ass in life and stuff like that. But like, is it worth it? Right. What I'm also banking on is that science is going to help me like avoid some of that shit or something like that. Do you see what you I'm saying? Make it long enough so they'll make a break. Yeah, yeah. I make it long enough that like some something sale shit. Exactly. Something's going to happen. You know, and and so where so it you, is, you just really are making Republicans angry. Yeah, probably. I, and I say that because you're saying like I know I do things that damage me, yet yeah. I want something else to pick up where I've damaged. Yes. So check this out. My one of my friends is a he's a he's a surgeon, right? And so he's one of the surgeons that is uh sort of if you want to call leading the way for stem cell repair, stem mm-hmm. cell like ligament and stuff like that repair. And so I would tell him about, you know, being as big as I was and then going and like sometimes lifting the weight that I do or doing the things that I'll do like mountain bike like people my size don't shouldn't be going like mountain biking you know what I'm saying and like trying to hit stuff really really hard and whatnot and so I'll tell him about the stuff and he's like oh hey two grand I can inject he's, he's like I'll cut you a deal two grand I'll put stem cells in both of your knees give yourself a couple weeks and you'll feel right as rain you know what I'm saying so for me it's like oh shit the science is caught up I can beat the shit out of these legs it was and like then, PRP I don't know what it is. Um, I don't remember the name. He he explained it, and I was like, sounds fucking awesome. Cool. And so it's like, go and get these little injections, and they put the stem cells in there, and it just starts repairing itself. Like, mm-hmm. how do I get out of that kind of mindset? And or, or is it even wrong to be in that kind of mindset? Because continuously, science comes through for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it, it it's where it becomes a dependency is where it's dangerous. Sure. I think that's the only thing. Like, if you use it as a tool and use it appropriately, but getting lost in it is easy. Mm. I think that's... The, and I'm, I, I've am i said this before. I'm not, in, I'm not a Luddite or anything. Like, I, I see the utility in science right. and, and the potential, but you know how I am about technology. Yeah. Like, I just... I'm like, ugh, fuck this. Like, I just refuse to imbibe in what seems to be the most cutting edge thing, except for video games. Yeah. I fuck with the modern yeah. video games. Yeah, I fuck with video games heavy. Uh, but whatever, like, devices, I'm just not a device guy. And it's it comes from, I have to, and it was it's partially the way I was raised, I have to very much uh, nourish that wild side, mm-hmm. that, like, be alone, just kind of hear the birds chirp. I know it sounds corny, but like immersing yourself in nature, that kind of shit. Yeah. And I don't know if you, do you find the same kind of like joy and like fulfillment and just going and completely disconnecting uh, like and I, being like an animal? Cause I know I do we've talked about the, it before and you've, you've been like, man, fuck animals. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not 100% like that. Like, I like, like badass animals and stuff like but that. But he was like, he's like, I don't understand people putting logos for like badass animals like he's like i'm sick of that shit he was like humans are the most ferocious fuck and i'm like he he's legit got a point i yeah. mean we are the most ferocious creatures on the planet but uh 
I, I just again that that animal side me very much like I don't know nourishing and encouraging that side has to be part of my equation. Well, for, for me, my the thing that part of my medicine is getting. Uh, and I've said it before, you were on an episode when I've talked about it, is getting shown my insignificance. And so if it is going out and being in nature or something like that, that kind of somewhat brings me back to center, yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of where it where it stops for me. So you get, like, the that profundity. Like yeah, you, you, yeah. You get that profound feeling i i think mine probably is directly related to personal utility and not feeling helpless Mm -hmm. like if the shit hits the fan again don't get me wrong it's gonna suck like i i'm not as prepared as i'd like to think i am yeah and you always have to tell yourself that shit i feel like in order Mm -hmm. to be productive if something does happen like a catastrophic event or some shit and don't get me wrong i'm not like some doomsday prepper but again part of my personal utility is knowing how to do um like forage for my own food, hunt yeah. for my own food, grow my own food, can my own food, um, you know, know how to use a firearm. Know well, Khalil's going to need you when the power doesn't work on his technology. I, I know. His and that's so we had, it's funny. We had an episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was called Gas Station Ready. And I said that, like, in our, like, our guest said that society, especially here, is woefully unprepared for yeah. something that will go on. He, mm-hmm. I think he said that Bowling Green has... Was it like five days worth of food and supplies if shit really hit the fan here? Because everyone would go and clear everything out. And yeah, and everybody's like cool until things start getting scarce. Yeah. And that's the problem so with humans. For me, I have I recognize my inability to be good at that stuff, right? But I am good at working with people. I am I am and it's I don't want to say like I'm very good at social engineering. That's what it is. I can get people to do things. I just can't. And it's not out of some kind of like power trip. I just when when the time comes, I feel like I know how to like code switch if you want. I can be who someone needs me to be if I see a bigger goal. So if you're good at making a complex thought concise. You're good at, at explaining things in a way that most people can understand. And if and if the shit were to hit the fan, I would find the most capable person. And work every angle, just and be a friend. Riding coattails, baby. It's not even riding them. Co- riding the <laughs> coattails, I'll be like, how can I? How can I learn? How can I do this? Like, in joining your team somehow, and and making it work because I know that there are certain things that I'm not. I'm just not good at. Like the guys, we we just had a, a new deck built and everything like that. And like most of the time that they were working on it, I was out there just asking questions, learning how this stuff works. Not to get them to do anything for me, but just getting the process down. Like, okay, just because if some shit were to go down, I know the words to say. Mm-hmm. I know the different types of lingo because one thing that I do know, and this is coming from sales, is when you have what a lot of people will call a lay down, where someone will just lay down and take it, they usually don't understand anything about your realm. They have no clue. And if you just tell them that something's going to cost this much money or something's going to take this process, you can absolutely take them to the cleaners or something like that. So I go and learn from these people so I understand exactly how it works. And they'll be like, oh, they, they know enough to be dangerous. And that's kind of where I go when shit hits the fan. I'll just I'll know just enough. I'll know the terms that you're using. You know, I'll know that, you know, I've learned so much about guns and everything like that from him and Tyler and everyone. Like, I just I've learned so much that now 
I can go and have conversations with like gun shop owners, and they're just like, "Oh shit!" There's a. Let me show you my other keychain. This you don't understand how much business this has won me. That's a bottle opener, but it's a bullet. My bottle opener looks like a bullet, and there's oh man, you like guns? Hell yeah, I do. Boom, we're good. You know, it's just different things like that. How it works here. This this object here would be something different if I lived in another. Right. If I lived in another city or something like that, mm-hmm. I would just sort of learn, yeah, lay the would, land, learn if how you lived in a so metropolitan area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, hey, bro, he That's was talking mad shit about did. you, man. Go and kill him. <laughs> Go throw him off the But island, even just, dude. it's like you just running game on everybody. Like, you just yeah. know yeah. how to run game. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing with me. I'm more like travel. Mm-hmm. With yes. it. Like, I'm like, okay, you might suck at this, you suck at this, but I can trust you implicitly. Yeah. And I happen to trust you implicitly. Sure. And it's funny, like, and I think, you know, like Tyler and stuff does too. So essentially, if the shit hits the fan here, you just got to be able to get a hold of your homies and then the network takes care of itself. Yeah, yeah. But so, I, I think that the problem is, is that if if something cataclysmic does happen, it's sad to say we're in a bad way when it comes to division anyway, based on arbitrary shit. Mm-hmm. Shit. When resources are scarce and the power grids down, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the what you would normally have social capital on, people are gonna get mad tribal yeah. about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Get some like, bad if you don't look like them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some cats that are glad to do business with you when the shit hits a the fan, they're going into whatever mode, survival yeah. mode they yeah. know. And it's like if you don't look like me, yeah. So for for catastrophic or for you know situations where shit really hits the fan, is your medicine cabinet still the same? Does does your internal medicine cabinet does it still look the same? Do you still have yoga? Do you still have meditation? Do you still have all those other things that you were talking about to help you get through? I think we all do, right? Okay. Like we all like just think about it. Like you, it's just there, like who we are. But I do believe like we evolve and it changes. And sometimes my medicine has to look different depending on. Like whatever is going on, right? But if it's if it's what we've all, it's just naturally what's inside of us, mm-hmm. right? Like movement. Historically, if we look at just like just tribal, and we think about being out on the Serengeti. Historically, movement has always been a healer, right? Mm. Like think about it, dance and stuff like all that. All of yeah. it, like just all of everything we talk about, like the breath, like prana, that's always been a healer. Nature has always been a healer. Like all these medicines, these haven't changed. They're tried and true, right? Mm-hmm. They just are. But right now, it's like how we can get so smart that we move away from it. And then we kill ourselves moving away from what we've always known. So like you need something to tell you to breathe. <laughs> I, it makes you sick to say that, doesn't it, Dr. Todd? It really does. <laughs> well, we got to think if we're an invasive species. You know, yeah. at what point does... Uh, does our own success become exactly. a liability to our well-being? Yeah. And I think, we, you know, we've been reached that point. Kinda. So all great empires fall. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's oh, that. It, like, that's absolutely. why I said, do you think we've been here before? And like, really? Okay. In, in, <laughs> in the terms of, and I'll say this, like, being the, the history buff or whatever, I think that it's, it's tough to say that this is going to be the same type of thing uh, because countries have never even even enemy countries have never been more bound together before so when you it it's it doesn't serve it doesn't serve the rest of the world any benefit if america shits the bed because 
we already we export so much to other people. Like our economies are so joined together. That's why we owe China trillion, you know, like so much money. It's because like they need us to be productive because it serves them better. And we need them to be productive, even though people still hate each other and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, everyone needs Saudi Arabia to be productive. So if you see the most recent news, there was a uh, uh, it was I can't remember what what sect or what group it was. They performed like a massive drone strike on the some of the major oil feed fields in in Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Aramco is a, one of the largest, if not the largest, producer of the world's global oil supply. So they cut their production nearly in half. So you guys are going to see this week gas prices are are absolutely going to go higher for everyone. I'll be very surprised. If that happens, if it doesn't happen, you know, America has the largest oil supplies or oil reserve in the entire world, but it's only for our military. So you only see it come out if if we go to war over something. So we'll still continue to use the oil from from other people and stuff like that. So I think that we will it, it will be different because it's going to be hard for for America to ever fall apart, if anything the other countries will step in to just be like, all right, so we'll, we'll, we'll give you some of this stuff to keep you afloat. So another example on Western's campus, uh, the Confucius Institute, mm-hmm. that's part of the loan for, Oh, I know. yeah. It's a, and, and then it also in Chicago, the mm-hmm. big toll roads and stuff like that. They own part it. of, yeah, part mm-hmm. of China, China owns that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it's going, I do think that, it's hard to say that all nations fall, and it's hard to say that we've seen this before. I don't think... Well, I was thinking about even globally, though. Sure. Right? So globally, if you think about what we're doing and just how we're just, like, tearing the earth up, mm-hmm. like, we're just ripping it, you know, like... And then, because Rob will always say, he'll say things like, but there's so many smart people in technology, we'll find a way to, like, get it all right. Mm-hmm. And can we really do that? Like, when I said Mother Earth will take care of herself, like how everybody's talking about the fires in the Amazon... Yeah. Like we're all just I'm talking about empire in a sense of this sure. planet. I think that as long as as long as politics is in place, uh, and we, we'll we won't get there. Like it, it will things will fix itself if it's if it makes political sense. The I don't know one, if we can politicize the natural. We shouldn't, but we do. I'm talking about the planet as yeah. far as like how like just the hurricanes currently and what's happening. Can't there's nothing that as humans. The damage that we do and the consequence that comes from it, can we really do anything about it? Like, like it's an immune response, more so. Like if we push too hard, Mother Nature, there's going to be a reciprocal reaction, mm-hmm. and politics won't matter. It don't when matter. It don't matter right now. And earthquakes, yeah. and there's not enough food to eat, and people. It's uh, coming. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's that's really the thing, and and then in the United States, uh. You know, if you look at quality of life in the United States, we don't we're not even in the top 10 as far as happiness, the happiness index. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a subjective measure, but, you know, they had some they had some reasonable points that were indexed together to create this, you know, measure of happiness. We're not even in the top 10. Um, And so where where is this going? Like we we work ourselves to death. As a nation, we work more than most other modern nations do during the week. They yes. have what, on average, like a 30 hour work week compared to our like 50 is average, 45, 50 mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Um, where is this going? What, what are we, what are we paying for? And well, I, we're paying for our, our waste, our medical, but just think about what is like business, like 
all the medical facilities that are going up. Like you said, you get your knees repaired. Like basically, fuck your teeth up and just go buy some new ones. You know, <laughs> that's like that's, that's what, No, that's are, the yeah. mentality yeah. of people. And so if you think about like, how sick is that? And yeah. so the people that are closest to the earth are really the healthiest, happiest people, mm. except for when we in this modern nation do shit that ruins their water, right? Yeah. So if we think about it all together of like, what are you chasing? Mm. Like everybody's just chasing some. And then right here in this country, like we we just shooting shit up. Yeah. People can't handle and deal with their emotions. They can't breathe or notice their breath and they're mad as hell. They can't even sit down and formulate a healthy relationship with another person yeah. without it being with some intent to manipulate or take advantage. Sure. Like who's human anymore? Yeah. Right. So it's like, well, is that the is that the world you want to live in? Like you want to live in a world where you were talking about like you enjoy time with certain young people, but their phones are in their face yeah. and you don't even look at each other. Yeah. Like to me, that's I, sad. I think what I want is I don't want to lean too far in one direction. Like I don't want to get so close to the to and this, this is going to sound jacked up. I don't want to get so close to the earth that I forget the importance of the other thing. And I don't want to get so close to technology that I forget about the importance. Like one of the things that I like about being my age is that I know the world vividly without the internet. Yeah. And I know, I knew the importance of having those connections and going outside to play, getting your ass whooped at the, at the skating rink. I got my ass whooped at the skating rink. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> things like that. I, I know. I, I know I did, dude. Made my nose bleed. <laughs> everything. I wish I could find that bitch too, dude. Cause I know if you had I, little ocean Pacific. Bro, I'll lift too. his fucking car. If I knew who that, if I, <laughs> his name was bill, I'll lift his car. Bill anyway, beat that ass. <laughs> shut up. But like if, if I had, like just being able to have that kind of balance. I remember the world this way and I and but I also am good at it. I feel like I'm decent enough at it right here. And so that's why I just want that type of balance. I don't want to be too far one way where I'm incapable of one thing or too far the other way where I'm incapable of that. Well, maybe that's where the network comes in. Maybe we need like it's kind of not everybody is going to have the same objective measure of like what they consider to be success or what they consider to be uh, happiness. Mm -hmm. Where you reside makes more because because if I'm in charge, we're not going to make the same. Like if if I took over <laughs> as president, we're not going to make the same technological advances as if you do. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think you have an entirely unmitigated view of like you know let's let's roll with technology and fuck everything else. But we, the social network, and I think that underlies the, the importance of social ties, is that you can't necessarily get somebody to think the way that you do, or I can't. As somebody that probably does gravitate more towards the earthy mm -hmm. end of the spectrum, I know that I can't, that, that just our own physiology, like you are a different entity, and what is your comfort, and where, where you reside, and if we're going to make progress as a species, we need you as much as we need me. You know, mm -hmm. like, I guess folks that are closer to the earth keep us grounded. People mm -hmm. like you, you're, you're a little bit of a step out on the limb. And mm -hmm. then maybe there's somebody that's a step further. But if you don't have everybody kind of holding hands, like the social ties reaching out yeah. towards that, then some shit's going to collapse, I so, think. So for you then, because you are very close to your close to the earth, close to your body, close to all that kind of stuff. When you see, how do you 
interact with people who are very far on that other side? How do you have that balance? And when people probably come to you and, and say, hey, I need help, I'm stressed, I'm like, how do you properly tell them that message of having balance when you come from the end, or it seems like you come from that end that is so far one direction? Well, I, I don't think I can be so far this direction when I have young people. Like you said, you remember when there was no internet. Mm -hmm. We have young people who they don't they don't know life without that, right? Yeah. They don't know life without all those things. So, I, of course, we all know we have to evolve or die, yeah. right? So I'm still evolving, but I also am aware of, like, what for me and my whole self, what I need to do. But as you're talking about those young people who don't know life before that, what do you think they know? They don't. Like not knowing life before it, what do you think that should, how do you think they're going to make decisions? They're mm -hmm. going to be the people in charge. What kind of decisions are they going to make? What will they be valuing? What will they be doing? Yeah. So it's all effed up, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. Like that's scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. Right. It is. Like you talked about the young people and how their devices and they sit, they don't know how to socialize. Yeah. Once upon a time, you all probably did this. We used to sit at a table to learn how to manage our emotions mm -hmm. at dinner. We don't do anything anymore. So we get into these difficult conversations with our families. And it doesn't matter if it turned out where they were yelling or if somebody t uh, talked softly to you. At least it was practice. Yeah. There's no practicing it anymore. Nobody's practicing it. Right. So for the most part, every single person I engage with, whether it be my colleagues, whether it be my students, wherever I am, most people are so their nervous systems are so effed up. And so I go in and my job is to see if I can co-regulate, like to bring them down when mm -hmm. I sit down with them, because everybody is just like they're gone. Yeah. Like they're away from their bodies. Huh. People are just moving, 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 moving. Right. So my students, like I'm just sitting there thinking like as a fifth grader, what in hell could you be anxious or stressed about? Yeah. But you have stressed out fourth graders. Mm. Like, think about that. You got third graders pulling their eyebrows because they're so nervous and so anxious. Were you doing that in third grade? What were you doing shit, in third no. grade? Playing outside, right? Yeah. Only Trying got to figure out if I what did tree. Some shit or yeah, didn't exactly. Some shit. But you mostly were focused on getting in a tree, climbing, playing, yep. recess. That's not the that's not the world anymore. That's mm -hmm. not what little kids are worried about right now. They're worried about being an entity, like being having an identity. Yeah. And that's being a weird seen. that isn't even in a developmental phase where you should be as pronounced with I, and again, I'm not going down that path of like kids are growing up. But honest no. to God, that exposure has has made how in do they some get ways. to know them though how do they yeah, get to don't. know like it's just they just put they're just out there it's kind of like they're just everybody's just out here flowing like the other day my son was uh him and a friend were watching videos of kids when they play uh gosh what's this video game but when their parents stop them and like the rage and like the behaviors of kids when their parents yeah. stop them and they've watched a whole bunch of video this is like on youtube they just sit and watch kids that have like just went the fuck off because yeah. their parents say it's time to turn the game was off. Was it like Fortnite or some shit? Fortnite. That's yeah, it. I that's knew it, it was. So my, I was like, what? what are you watching? He's like cracking up. I'm like, mom, look at this, you know, and yeah. him and my little cousin are watching it. But though, that's real. That's who we're, that's where we're moving to. Yeah. Right. And, and with the device, with the watch, with everything it's just, that's who, and Hey, that's what you want. I mean, I, I again, I still want the balance. I mm -hmm. feel like there's still. But where there, are we gonna get it? I don't know. I don't know. Like my balance is, 
or my attempt at balance is, like I said, is when I am out in nature or something mm-hmm. like that. I do feel that my other attempt at balance, and again, this is since having my my new deck done, like the past couple of nights, I've just gone and sat outside. That's good. And I stick my feet in the pool and I just look up and I'll just look at airplanes go by. And that's something that I did without the internet. That was totally fine, you know. Uh, granted, I did have like Gucci Mane playing on my phone, just sitting there, and I was just relaxing and chilling out. Well, music doing... is good. Yeah, yeah. And so that's you know that's just what I'll I like to do. I've I've taken a liking to doing that. Um, but I don't. I feel like when when I have those moments there, it's like there has to be an objective. Like one of the things I don't. I, I think that we need to learn about or maybe it's something that I would like to learn about is the art of just existing mm-hmm. like and being okay with just existing like you, like I feel like I have to be doing something at some point but I can think- you believe that something's being done while you're resting like the, you said you sat back you put you lean back and just like sitting and looking up like can you believe like there's some serious work being done internally and physically to you while you're sitting here because I I know you value productivity yes so there's some productivity happening but does it have to look a certain way for you yeah I think the thing that I notice is that I don't notice that or I don't appreciate that there is something productive happening within me while I just sit there I look up and just be like wow there's just productive shit happening out there Mm. And maybe I would have a better appreciation if I thought about the stuff happening internally. Like, you know, I I was looking up and I had listened to a podcast about how they had just uh, captured what a black hole actually looked Mm -hmm. like. And I was just like, I was remembering that image of that dark spot with the swirling light going around it and being like, holy shit, that's that's up there. And, you know, it took I think it was like I don't know how many it was like a hundred and something million years for that light Mm -hmm. to get from there to hear and i'm just like god damn i don't matter at yeah, all we you know? just <laughs> like, nothing. yeah yeah just like, create your own meaning most yeah of the time. like i don't matter at all man yeah. like there's this crazy stuff going on and you know i was reading about so you, you know, might as well have fun and do yeah. somebody a favor yeah and i was i was sitting there reading about and and uh i had actually written about this and on, on our website about the uh the habitable zone where yeah. where the earth is you know about they, a lot of people call it the goldilocks zone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh you know it's not too hot not too mm-hmm. but just right for like life to sort of happen and so i wrote in in the in my blog about the importance of finding the, that habitable zone with the connections that you make with people mm-hmm. where it's like if you have someone that's kicking too much ass in life or something like that they i compared it to like uh, playing tennis, like learning how to play tennis by playing with Serena Williams the entire mm-hmm. time. If she's beating your ass every single time you play, you're just not going to have any, you're not going to learn anything. You're just going to take L's the whole time. That's just how it is. So I think like if you have, if you connect with people that are like operating at this extremely high level, you'll wind up wanting like trying to compare yourself to them and it's only going to bring you down. But then if you are connecting with people that and I called it in the blog connecting down like people that aren't really doing anything at, at all like you find yourself like spending a lot of energy trying to like bring them you know like bring them up or getting mad because they're fucking up a bunch or something like that but if you have those people that are on that same level which is the goldilocks zone then I feel like you can you can have solid connections so what I'm trying to do is find that goldilocks zone in my appreciation 
of stuff. Um, and, and I'm trying not to appreciate things that are so grand like a black hole because it's going to make me feel like I'm nothing. And I don't like feeling like, yes, I can appreciate. Sometimes I know that I need that, but I can't have too much of that. Because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming mm-hmm. being like, oh, man, you don't fucking you matter. Get, but you get flooded with this idea of like, it's just. That's, Staring into the abyss. Yeah, that's yeah. too much. And then it could easily turn into fear and being out exactly. of control. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and so I think that if like for people to find their own medicine and whether it's in disconnecting from devices, like mm-hmm. I feel like you need to have that balance because if you take a kid away from this technology and you completely and your intent might be well but it's it for them it's deprivation like it's it's almost like another sense like it's like taking away your your hearing or something like that and be like hey rely on this other shit to try and like this is a good thing this is going to make you good or better i think that it ends up being destructive so i think think we i think we would be amazed at how well certain people function with without that. a lot of the yeah. stuff that that's easy that for us to say that granted. because we've grown but up that, but it's well, been practiced it's constantly practiced some schools like I, I work like you all know i travel and i do the um train bringing it to the schools uh mindfulness and meditation and how to integrate it uh-huh. but there are schools that have practiced like no device like i did it as a school counselor uh-huh. no devices for a month or three weeks where no really? de- mm-hmm. in class or just at home just the or? request at home as well as the kids make a commitment to for the next three weeks we have no devices yeah and like it just really is amazing mm-hmm. it really is amazing the way um they show up oh my yeah. even my aunt said this so my little cousin playing Fortnite, uh-huh. he punched the tv and broke it he's what? a fifth grade. yeah my aunt gets home and she loses it, right? Yeah. She loses it. And sh- then she said, and you know, he had the nerve to be up in his room on his phone, like, you know, and his TV, she, he completely punched her TV. So he got upset. So she took his phone, took his devices. And then about three days later, he says, mom, and this didn't sound right when he said it. He's like, mom, you know what? I'm happy. I'm kind of happy I punched that TV. You know, and she's like, you know what? He's he like- says, you know, I just feel different without all of that. Huh. He's mm-hmm. just a fifth grader. But that's an example of like it does happen and it isn't as detrimental as we think it to be. Yeah. Like what's going to happen? Your heart going to start beating fast because you don't have your phone. And then after a while, you start feeling angry. You start going through all these emotions, but you're still sitting there with no device. And then what can happen? Yeah. Like what? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, I've got I got I got clients that function without cars mm-hmm. and have uh, house phones. Mm-hmm. And oh and a diagnosis. Yeah. They function. They na- they successfully navigate life by relying on some third party to give them rides to and fro from wherever, yes. like medical appointments or the grocery even. Mm-hmm. Only have a landline and have uh, some sort of psychological or physical issue that they joust with that's not exactly uh, the most pleasant thing. Yeah. So I see it in practice, even with with folks that, and it makes me appreciate shit like on a very meaningful level because yeah. I'm like, damn, you just happy to have a television. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dude didn't even care. He he went and bought. We he'd been uh, in the personal care home for quite some time, but when he got out and we placed him, he wanted he bought rabbit ears and he had bought a little bitty TV as well mm-hmm. from. From somebody else in the PCH. And it was this little tiny tube TV that had like some tape on the side of it and shit. And I'm like, all right, I'll set this up for you, but I don't think it's really going to work. I tried to set it up. It didn't really work. We got him another TV. That shit didn't work. 
we got it from the consignment place. Yeah. So we got him a third TV, and it, the third one was a nice TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, hooked his rabbit ears up. Program those, what, 11 channels that you can get that come in clear mm-hmm. as fuck over your rabbit ears. This man was on the verge of tears, elated that we worked that hard to ensure that he had something that we would consider as basic as rabbit ears cable on your TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, so acquainting myself with that shit, like that people don't, they hold it together amidst, you know, dealing with a, a, a severe mental illness diagnosis, uh, a lot of times having, you know, some sort of physical uh, disability mm-hmm. that, that we don't have. And don't have shit. And limited resources. Yeah, Yeah. and don't they not only do they have the limited resources, they might not be acquainted at all with the technology to begin with. And they're at an age where it's not really uh conducive to them just picking up an iPhone and just knowing how to do it. Or they might have some issues with their hands. It's hard to and those big buttons like a, a flip phone just has to make a huge difference. Sure. So uh they're able to essentially it, it's being happy becomes a lot simpler. Fuck yes. Okay. And, and, well, and it's again, don't get me wrong. Like they still joust with a lot. They, yeah. they joust with things that I can't imagine, but the victories, the things that they see as victories mm-hmm. are things that we take for granted. Okay. So we, you had said, so the big thing is simplification is part of the key for, for finding your happiness. That, that could be a good step well, in your medicine. Well, just for balance, like you talked about, like yeah. you really have balance. Okay, so for me, what when the thing that you sent me earlier today, like this stuff makes sense because I do like the science. And so right. you sent that thing on the science yes. of happiness. Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and the other thing too that I thought was really important, and I've held on to this since our Black History Month episode when you were talking about just everything is chemicals. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how everything just chemical, is. I have just, just thought... chemicals reacting. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. thought that about everything. I'm like, oh, it's just a chemical response, yeah. bro. You're yes. good. You know, like, it's, it's fine. So um, I have it up here, and can we talk about just those four... Those four... Or I'm assuming that's they're all these the four chemicals here. Like, can we break those down and just help our, our listeners sort of understand a lot of that stuff? Because for me, when I read this and when I see it, it's like, oh, it's it's not as complicated as I need I need it to be. And this serves me well because I do think of a lot of things on the scientific right. level. It is makes it easier for me to understand. Yeah, yeah. she so has like dopamine, mm-hmm. serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. But then we need to stay with, we really need to focus on our cortisol levels, right? Yeah. So that's really what matters is like all of this we pursue and we can get access to the dopamine and serotonin, oxytocin. But the cortisol levels is what's constantly when you're in fight or flight Mm -hmm. and when you're under stress, that's what's constantly kicking through our bodies. And so these things can offer the opportunity, like if we need a shot of serotonin, like to feel good, doing simple things can offer that to us. But like I tell everybody else, like there's so many things that because our cortisol levels are so high, there's some places we just won't be able to go. It's kind of like, like I said earlier, like that window of tolerance. Like sometimes we're so extreme and cortisol levels are so high. So we can do all of that good stuff to help ourselves feel better. But it really is a change of behavior and an overall change in our lifestyle for us to be able to feel good again. So there's no, mag- no I don't want to say magic thing. There's no thing to regulate your cortisol. Well, stress is a part of your cortisol. Okay. Like if you're if you are functioning in 
like here's what can regulate your cortisol your lifestyle mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but honestly your lifestyle and environment yeah. think about people living in poverty or living in situations like poverty is stress that's a stressor right mm-hmm. that's a chronic stressor i mean there's is it a stress oh. when you're comparing it though when you're comparing yourself to other well, People. it's a stressor. Poverty is a chronic stressor when you are constantly trying to figure out how to get food. Yeah. How to get, okay. And, and, and check this out. This, this also might be relevant to where you're at. If you're existing in this constant elevated state. Yes. Like just at that elevated yes. state. I've noticed with clients, especially ones that have pre-existing issues with anxiety, PCHs are not peaceful places. There are people up milling about, hollering, carrying on. I mean, there's something PCHs. going on. A personal care home. Okay. They're not, it's not from what I'm told. I've never lived in one, but from what I'm told from people I've uh, worked with, it's not a pleasant place to lay your head at night, generally speaking. There's a roommate. There's all kinds of shit going on. So it's like living in a rattle cage. So you're living in this rattle cage, and then all of a sudden we take you out of that rattle cage, and then we put you somewhere peaceful. Alone. And then that silence and mm-hmm. that aloneness and that peace fosters anxiety. Like that deafening silence. Mm-hmm. And anxiety that anxiety builds up and becomes fucking overwhelming. And then it starts manifesting itself as a, any number of, of negative behaviors. And I'm not talking about, you know, specifically just clients, but like... I imagine I could just as easily fall into some shit. You know what that's an example of when you have kids who, and I remember working with little kids that if they live in chaos or even in your relationships, if you're used to relationships, they are chaotic or you got some kind of unhealthy shit going back and Mm -hmm. forth. And when you get into a healthy situation, like you don't know peace, you've never experienced peace. You're parallel. It's the exact same thing. And so I really am big on like, like Dan Siegel talks about this, like meeting people where they are. So if like somebody is in this extreme, like this hyper or hypo place, meet them where they are and then allow your, allow it slowly to get to the, to this window of tolerance where things aren't so extreme. Like there isn't this extreme high or extreme low. We're kind of like more balanced in that Mm -hmm. space, but you have to meet people where they are to start off with. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can tell you, like we can look at this serotonin. That's why people are so like anti mindfulness and meditation now. Cause they're like, you know, that's not good for everybody. No, you want to meet people where they are, but then it is a tool that once you get to that window of tolerance, how healthy is it for you to just sit and be still for yeah. you know a little bit. So that that's kind of it, it's funny you say that because I was just like that's literally that's I feel like that's your secret, Doctor Die. It's like I I view her as like a you're 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 like a stress terrorist. So you'll meet me exactly where I am if I'm stressed out or hi, like hyper or just hype about some shit. You'll be like yeah yeah, and then you'll be <laughs> like well it's just not that simple, clue. You know you just be like it's okay to be that way. And this fucking nuke just explodes in my head. I'm just like she's fucking right like. <laughs> It doesn't have to be that complicated. <laughs> or, you had to match I'm somebody's okay to energy. Think, yeah, it's just like, I'm okay to think this way. She'll meet me up here, and I'll be hype about some shit. She, you might even cuss too with me or be energetic, <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, you're okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, God damn it. She did it again. Here we go. But in know? reality, what's happening? When you meet know. When you meet people where they are, like, it's just, it's saying, your brain is saying, okay, I'm safe. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. And it, yeah, you make them feel honestly, safe. Honestly, yeah. it, it's a, it's like a mirror too. Like yeah. it, it offers somebody a little bit of insight into how they're behaving. Mm-hmm. If you match it, oh, they're yeah. like, sure. wait, I'm doing that. Yes. Yeah. That's the best part about it. 
But the brain is like our brains are so amazing. Yeah. But right then the brain is like, OK, I'm safe. And for the most part, this, you all, this is the best part. When someone's experienced trauma or somebody tells their story, like just like we're sitting here and there's this co-regulation going on and, you know, 60 percent of our heart is neural. And so just like that, from us talking and you telling me your story, you are closer to me. Yes. Like automatically. So when somebody meets you where you are and they feel safe, then boom, like there's so much there's so much beautiful stuff that we can do. Yeah. Like just like that. If I just meet you where you are. Instead but is there a way to just like <laughs> to like instead of detonating my stress and just making like is there a way to like casually bring it down? Because you'd be like, oh, it's one plus one is two. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be like, oh my god! Like, how does this happen? How does like it doesn't like you've when you, the things that you say like you you said something about um er, everything under the sun. There was something you said. There's nothing new under There's the sun. There's nothing new under yeah, the sun. If people understood, if they, just that right there, that alone can just be like, oh, so I'm not the only one experiencing this problem. Correct. Or, and uh, to match that on the technological end, mm -hmm. that's why my boss would always tell me, just Google it. Like when I was first learning IT and everything yeah. like that, he'd be like, just learn how. There's you aren't the only person that has I'm had sure a server shit the that bed you, before. Yes. You know, like <laughs> yes. you think you like everyone has had a certain configuration right. like you have. Just Google it, you yeah. know. And every time I would come to him freaking out about something, Jonathan would just be he would literally send me and this is when this website just came out. It was uh, just fucking Google it dot com. And it would like you go on the you, you just go to www.justfuckinggoogleit.com. You type in whatever it is, whatever search query you have, right? And then it'll create a link and you just send it to that person and you typically will just send the same question that they ask you and you send it and they click on it. It's like, hey, just fucking Google it dot com. This thing will start automatically typing in the question that you ask them and it'll just give you the answer and give you all the links and all this other kind of stuff. Kind of a dick move. But it's like, dude, like everything has happened like you are not the only person mm -hmm. that's had this sort of issue. And I think that that is one thing that is one way to sort of create like a, a connection between other people mm -hmm. if we realize it's like just hey normalizing things yeah we're all a little That's bit it. depressed or we're mm -hmm. all a little bit mm -hmm. this way or we're all a little bit stressed out and mm -hmm. i think that if we did more of that maybe what does that do to the brain though that, it that makes me a little bit more relaxed it's like it's, yeah. it's almost like getting a spotter in the in the weight room mm -hmm. or something like mm -hmm. that it's like someone comes and grabs a weight and just kind of helps it like helps me let it down or bring it back up or something like that and i think that if if there was more of that then that would be a cool thing but the thing that is that i think messes or that that battles that is that the things that are given the most light so if you were to say like there's so many people out there especially for the younger kids that are like showing off this happiness we are our, our online personas or whatever are these people that have the perfect life they want to take the best angles. They have there's apps that have the perfect filters. Like my dark ass, like I'm trying to take photos where I look like you, Doctor Dialogue. I'm over here like trying to like change things up because I know if I put that certain filter on, it's like I don't look so like Nigerian. <laughs> not not so Nigerian. I'm just black as shit. You know what I'm saying? Like so I'm really 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 dark. And some days I feel like I look good with it, but it's like if I put that kind of filter on, I'm using myself as an example. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that other people like there's these things out there that put all these filters on to make us look a certain way. And so everyone is chasing that good look where how come there isn't more of that, of something out there to show like, hey, fucked up here. I've got these things going on. Maybe that's part of the medicine 
or that we can kind of all use. Is it fair to say like that? to be authentic or to be genuine yes. and true? Yeah, authenticity. That's that's yeah. some, that's. I think that is the one thing that's tucked really far away in your internal medicine cabinet mm. that I I feel like is really difficult for a lot of us to to reach or to, to grasp hold of because we want to look good but so much. But that's related to just the way we're socialized. Like okay. we all function for approval, mm. right? Instead of from approval. Like we don't see ourselves as like, I'm say already approved. So I always say that at the end of all my classes, I say, you know, I learned that from my grandma. Oh. Um, like each and every day you get to function from approval instead of for it because upon your creation, you were already approved. Damn. Right. So it's like, but you you don't know how to not do that because in kindergarten and K-12 through college, all you do is function for approval. And you follow the rules. way that parents. Yeah. yeah. You read the four agreements, your domestication. A part of that was you functioning for approval. The way that parents talk to their children, they say things like, I'm proud of you mm-hmm. instead of I'm proud for you. Like, you don't need me to be proud of you. You mm-hmm. should have that inside you. When I talk to my children, I'm like, I'm so proud for you. They don't need me to be proud of them like you know the it has thing? to come inside it's we're at such a point where that has been indoctrinated into so bad where that if you're if you think on a certain level that just comes off like bad grammar like mm-hmm. i'm proud do you see what i'm saying when mm-hmm. you say i'm proud for you like you think that it's like oh that's just they meant to say i'm proud of you mm-hmm. and it's just there maybe it's just for where they come from they say i'm proud for you or something like that mm-hmm. but like if we actually recognize like you are for real proud for me not proud of me. Maybe that's going to be the the big key. Does that make sense? What I'm but saying. But that's right another there? that's another medicine. Like mm. your words and yeah, your words. inspirations. Your words. Even like how we've been socialized. Like people say this, and I always try to remind them. Like we say, well, that made me mad, or this. I'm not going to let that. And so you're basically putting that that exterior external thing into making you feel some way. Nothing can make you feel anyway. Mm. And you know that like we yeah. nothing can make me feel I choose if I want to feel sad right now when you say something that may be, you know, offensive to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. I choose that. And you know it, too. You know, you make that active decision. I'm going to be mad. right Yes. Now. And yeah. so that's another example. And it's all a part of like what we're doing while we're here. But if we were in tune, like I'm in tune with my words every day when I wake up, I am speaking with clear words and I'm intentional about that. And I'm careful, but that's because I'm in tune and paying attention to, I'm just not just like letting some shit just roll out of my mouth and just being irresponsible with my words. Mm. But that, that's all a part of coming back to you. Yeah. For the most part, we say, we use the words that, I mean, that connection between society and the individual Mm -hmm. is almost like we're one. Yeah. Like I don't, you don't, most people don't know who they are. Yeah. You don't know who you are because all of this stuff around you is telling you who you are. Mm. Right. So, and like you talk about the images, the images we believe and we see and that's what we know you were talking about that on the last one that's Mm -hmm. what i said Mm -hmm. on the last one about images and even when you reference your skin color like it's Mm -hmm. like so what i'm sitting over here like it's the most beautiful skin i ever saw but for you you're like i don't know about this well it's just because you know but society has told you that right and society tells me hey buy a better phone so it'll look better on you know all of it so (laughs) so it'll show up a little bit more clear or something like that all right, so we've we've talked. I, I've got tons <laughs> of oh my god, tons of stuff to think about. So with again, with the title of this episode being you know like finding your medicine, like give us just a couple ways for other people to be able to find what's in their internal medicine cabinet to be able to sort of make it through their days. Um, I always tell my students this, like, and and my children, everybody knows this. I say, go to your breath. 
Mm. Like whether it be a moment of feeling scared, a moment of anger, whatever it is, like you have that, you have access to that all the time. So can you just practice every day, like before you speak and you know you're about to just go off, can you just practice five breaths? Or if you feel out of control and it feels like things are overwhelming and anxiety, everything is hitting you. A lot of people, they great, they make some great stuff on the Internet. Like it's the five where, OK, what are five things you can see right now? Like bringing you back to this moment. Five well, things. OK, I we do five, four, three, two, one, like mm-hmm. five things I can see right now. Just name them. Four things that I enjoy smelling. Maybe somebody said, you know, pizza. You like Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, <laughs> just I like the salad. <laughs> but three things Never you again. can touch that yeah. you enjoy touching. Yeah. Right. And then just go with your senses, like even just going to your senses to bring you right here, right now. And like I told you earlier, when I text you, I said, I just went earthing. Yeah. Like you I didn't did. even know what that meant. I was oh, just like, you she Googled it. What did you say? Go Google shit.com. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking Google it.com. <laughs> So like, I'm like, oh, I'm in so much pain. And usually when my kids are getting sick, I'm like, you need to go out and earth, like take your shoes off and just walk outside, Ah. just walk barefoot, you know, but we're so civilized now. We don't do that. Right. Yeah. We have to have these shoes that interrupt that natural flow and energy from other. We just interrupt stuff all the time. Yeah. So like simply just walking outside, you know, there's just so many things that we have access to, but we just just don't. But I say go to the breath. Like everything to me is just go to your breath. That's that's freaking beautiful. That's freaking beautiful. Do we have any sort of shameless shout outs or anything like that before we jump off? I've like I've got so much to think about. Like I'm sitting here like when I go home, I'm just I'm gonna take my shoes off. I'm gonna go sit and just look up and just sort of chill out. Yeah. It it, it just makes me think about being more mindful of my consumption. Yeah. Mm. And that's yeah, everything. my consumption. Like yeah. what you feed your soul as everything. well as everything. So yeah. your soul yeah. with the things you listen to, the stuff you watch. The conversations you're in, like mm-hmm. how life giving are they? Because mm-hmm. we all know that, right? Mm-hmm. Life giving, yeah. Well, you're exchanging time mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. something else, and think about your time. Mm-hmm. Like that's just so the most valuable. Com- like, mm. that, and, and to me, that is my most valuable. But then, Kalu, how are you having this relationship with your times? Because think about this. Usually, when we're in a hurry, time just go. Like people say, time flies. Mm-hmm. But when you slow down. Like time slows down. Mm-hmm. Like think about when you got to get somewhere or you say, I'm just going to slow down here. And then it looks like time slows down. Yeah. Savor that shit. Like yeah. you're like, Heck yeah. it, it is. It's, it's usually you become very acquainted with time creeping by when you waiting on some shit. Like mm-hmm. if you sitting there and you really anticipating it, but you can sit there and consciously like savor your mm-hmm. time. It's mm-hmm. like a Werther's original. Those mm-hmm. are so good. Mm-hmm. I, knew you, I knew you loved that <laughs> shit. I know. But yeah, consumption, being mindful of that, and then also waste. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I, I think our culture, like yeah. we mm-hmm. we don't even, even the, the more mindful people amongst us, I think we really lose track of how much we consume and how much waste we produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not just like physical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the collateral that you leave in your wake and yeah. what's accepted as normative within sure. our society. And but I will say too that they that there is and I was literally having this conversation with my wife where she was telling me that like your we were just talking about eating in general like your stomach has a slower response rate than your brain does right. to stuff. And so she was like that's why they tell people like slow down when mm-hmm. you eat mm-hmm. because your stomach will eventually Let catch that up and be like take place. Oh yeah, and yep. so maybe if like when we relate it to our consumption of things, maybe if we were to slow down how we consume, like 
our, something inside of us will catch up and be like, hey, you're good. Like, well, that includes all you need. Yeah, and that that very much includes media in the media that you consume because it's like you're just gorging yourself. Yeah. On this shit, when it's really like gluttony. Yeah, yeah. Let let your brain just really fast. the brain yeah. needs to be bored. Yeah. So you you can look state. at neuroscience. Yeah. The brain needs regular experiences of being bored. If you want your like, you like this, mm-hmm. it, it, you can grow new neural nets by yeah. letting the brain be bored. See, that's science. Yeah, I was going right? to say, it's like, if, if, like, if, if it serves some kind of like, 10 minutes of bored in today. Yeah. <laughs> but what does that mean? You know, we, our society says, you know, idle hands are doing, the devil's man? Oh, man, I'm over here trying to be bored. Trying to be bored, bro. What about you, man? <laughs> but but like, I'm just having so much fun. I can't fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. That makes, that makes total sense. And, and I don't want to roll into another tangent here, but. One of the things that um, I, I listened to on another podcast was they were talking about is it is it neurons, neurons you have millions or something like that of, of them in your head. So they said that the you know they tried to say that a lo- an enlarged brain it it was it was there was the conception or there was the thought that if you it had correlated. a larger brain then you had way more neurons and stuff like that in your brain. But what they what they found was that that's not the case because uh, they did this thing where they, they dissolved they had this stuff that dissolved a, a brain and they were able to count how many million neurons or something like that were in there. So they did like a chimpanzee or a gorilla, I think, who has a much larger brain than human. Then an elephant has a much larger brain. They did the counts of those and they were like, okay, you know, your uh, this you know this chimpanzee or whatever this gorilla has eight million. Uh, or maybe it was 8 billion. Uh, one of those had 8 million or billion neurons. An elephant had this many. A human, though, had far more than these other animals. And they're like, why is that? And they said that it came down to diet. When, you're, when your brain, when the fact that we can cook our food, it takes way less. It, it allows us for the production of to way more. for other things. Yeah, right. for other things. Whereas mm-hmm. they need more to like break down the food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have this raw meat that you're taking and grinding it up and doing all this other stuff because we're able to uh, better handle our food. You know what I'm saying? Then I think it makes us, if you want to call it smarter, there's just more brain power. Maybe that same type of thing with your breaths, with your uh, with your diet, especially all those other things. And you, I am not about to stop eating meat, Dr. Die. Just so I you know. I, okay. I thought you were. Yeah, okay. But there's, you know, if we clean up a lot of those other things, maybe that can free up more energy or more brain power for mm-hmm. more productive things. And then we'll, we maybe could start focusing on more quality act, you know, quality actions, quality activities and stuff like that, or even quality work with me liking work or being productive maybe if i found more quality product you know productive things to be doing i wouldn't have to be focusing well, so much on you know quantity pe- people talk about innovation coming from wartime yes like yeah. that's a common corollary is that yeah that war, our space program war and from, conflict yeah. Yeah. push technological advance mm-hmm. but what's the other thing that pushes technological advance historically Fuck I've always thought fucking boredom, bro. Boredom, sure. sure. We don't even think about that. Like yeah. I didn't even think about that shit until right now. But innovation comes out of boredom. So sure. and out of limited resources. Absolutely. Yeah. So you think about that's why black people are so fucking dope. Yeah. Like, like for I real, agree. we always <laughs> say black people are just magic because yeah. you think about the music. I mean, Kanye's always talking about that. Like that's all we got. Like once upon a time, that's all we had. Like think about how black people have had to create and make shit happen mm-hmm. because of the intentional act of like not 
getting not allowing resources to them yeah. right so then that's what you get like mm-hmm. you think about all the creativity and the arts and the mu- just everything yeah is because when you have limited stuff then you just it's like the brain and the human just human just being is so amazing with what it can do but then you have people with all these resources who focus on like there's certain animals in their neighborhood and mm-hmm. it's just like you know yeah there's just that's how yeah. the Wright brothers were able to beat. I can't remember what major major company. Like the Wright brothers were just two boys, and you know, it's like you don't get to thing. think about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, and and there was the uh, was it Bill Burr? I think which Bill Burr isn't exactly appropriate, but he said, uh, what was it? His wife is black and he's white, and he says something about uh, they were watching a documentary together, and I forget about what the context was, but it, it had to do with old South, like Jim Crow era type shit. Mm-hmm. Elvis Presley. They were mm-hmm. walk, watching a documentary mm-hmm. on Elvis Presley. And there's a lot of fucked up shit in a documentary about Elvis oh, Presley. Yeah. yeah. But it talked about um, something to do with like the airplane in- industry, the Wright mm-hmm. brothers. Like mm-hmm. you bringing that up, but it was still white folks with privilege building upon that privilege to produce this massive network-based globalist thing. And it was produced out of, really, it was in no way did it not benefit from white dominance. Mm -hmm. It didn't. But he said, he said, you know, uh, and he's a comedian, but he said, you know, I think the music would have suffered, though. If if y'all had come up with that shit, I feel like the music would have suffered. And he was like, she did not think that shit was funny at all. (laughs) But legit, like there is a, a modicum of truth, like, like you said, out of being deprived of those resources to build upon. Like, I can't, I was not deprived of very much, but I didn't come fully prepared to start a airplane company or some shit yeah. of that nature, by no means. Of uh, the innovation that comes out of being deprived of things, right, right, the. Uh, and, and did the you creativity. say creativity? Did you say mm-hmm. food too? The food? Yeah. Did oh, you I just that? all of yeah. it. Yeah. Like oh. think about, but the creativity. Y'all seen people post like on Facebook? It'll be one piece of cardboard, mm-hmm. right? And they'll be like, "Since y'all so smart, what is this?" Now, if you grew up in poverty, you grew up in the hood. We know all the things that that can be. Oh it's yeah. It's gonna be the dustpan when you yep. get the dirt. It's gonna be something to hold the table up. Like just the creativity that yeah. can come mm-hmm. with simple things. If you don't have somebody telling you like, oh no, this can only be used for this. Like this table. That's like there's so exercise. many things that this could be used for, right? Yeah. But that's the brain where it's like it's almost like like I used to say, and I don't know if you all know I'm biracial, so I have my black family, my wife, and I used to just look at like the no need for creativity when somebody and it's just like when we look at children and when their parents are doing it all they don't know how to be resilient they don't know how to bounce back they don't know how to fail i heard you talking about Mm -hmm. like people need to fail to be able to bounce back like think about what comes with that like that's a part of the balance that's all a part of the yin and the yang yeah right like Mm -hmm. we need this balance all the time yeah so damn Damn. Okay, right. I'll be crying out. No, no, no. That was good. That was good. Uh, I do want to get up, give a shout out, up, of course, Tyler Young. You know, yeah. I, I'm using his uh, his workout plan, so it was a lot of heavy legs this week. Uh, I'm feeling feeling nice and good. Uh, I I've never I felt like a tool kind of doing the floor presses because I'm just like laying yeah, on the but, floor. Yeah, but know man, I mean? but the the con- the contractile element of that shit is undeniable. Yeah, and so, it's building them elbows up. Yep, yep. So shout out to Grade Eight Performance for everything there. 
Um, also, shout out to Bartley Weaver. You know, he is the Titan man. I think he'll probably, I think there's a home game at the Titan Stadium today. Oh, May not be. They have a big tailgate. There's yeah, there right yeah. Now. So, so yeah. Bartley is probably, if you see a dude that's, if you saw a dude at the Titans game that was just super jacked, dressed up like some, whatever you want to call it, you know, a Tennessee Titan type yeah. mascot, that is Bartley right there looking swole as shit. Um, so, uh, thank you all for your time. Do we have any other, obviously Ryan Hines, he's our boy, uh, Josh Biggs at fuel nutrition, um, JP man, hefty oh, lefty club works. You got to give a shout out to Bryce Wood, AKA juicy, juicy because he gets mad that we never shout him out, but oh, he's, I'm been, sorry, he's juicy. been a, a big supporter of ours for a very long time. And we're going, we plan on having him. Yes. On. Yes. So it's going to be funny. One of our next episodes, uh, I think that one, uh, again, part of self care, I think is laughter. And so we want to have one of hopefully the funniest episode we can hopefully have. And so it's just going to be, yeah, Chris is shaking his head because it's probably going to be so far off the rails. Like, I don't know if it's even going to be something that we can put up, but we're going to laugh hard. We're going to laugh really hard. That's that's my hope. And uh, I'm hoping that I, I genuinely feel better when I've laughed my ass off to the point yes. of like being sore from it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping for that about a lot of shit. Yes. But Dr. Die, thank you so, so, so much for this. Yes, I mean, thank you. I've always. just I, I, I this is one of those episodes where it's like, fuck, I'm going to listen to this like six times. I already know that it, it's going to be something that I need. I got to try and chill out like <laughs> you're I've, ne- I've never felt bad about having my Apple watch. Because in fact, in fact, I, I stun on people for, for not ha- like my friends, not like anyone else, because there's some people that are just like, you're just like, no, fuck that. I've never felt bad for having it. Like, you'll look at my wrist. I'm just like, just covering my hands up because I just want her to approve of me so badly. I'm just like, I'll just slowly take you this Mr. off. Cutting just, edge. I know. Yes. Mr. <laughs> yes. You go ahead. It's like, how's that depression there, bitch? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but, uh. Uh, she's like, does your watch tell you that you're a little fucked up on the inside? <laughs> but it doesn't, huh? Maybe the new model will have that. <laughs> it's like, are you feeling sad? Stand up, bitch. No, but um, thank you so much for this. This really meant a lot to be able to sit and talk with you about about all this stuff. Uh, I hope that all of you all have been able to find value in this episode and understand the importance of self-care. It, Like all the things that we celebrate, it should not just be given one month. I mean, it's this is your life that you're living and I'm too, I'm trying to take my own advice, but like self-care is very, very, very important and recognizing those things that are within your internal medicine cabinet are paramount to, to you solving any of the issues that you have going on in life. Uh, so thank you all again for your time. And, uh, I appreciate everything here. Follow us on Instagram at the Salumas podcast, go to our website, www.thesalumas.com. Hit us up on Facebook out there as well. Show us a love, be sure to like, and subscribe and all that kind of stuff on your, uh, on whatever podcast thing that you listen to. Uh, and I, I think that's it. And we are out. Peace.